Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason. And here we delve into those reasons. I'm so excited because this week we have one of my favorite horror podcast hosts on the show, and you know her from shows like The Horror Virgin, Romancing the Pod, and Cult Podcast, The Brilliant Paige Wesley. I had a blast sitting down to chat with her about her journey from a film student who never really watched horror movies to totally loving them. We talked about why exorcism movies freak her out the most and why she thinks horror movies are natural and will always exist. We also talked about what we thought of movies that came out this year like A Quiet Place 2 and Candyman. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review us and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who has already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people find us. I think that's it. So let's get into this episode with Paige Wesley. Hey Paige, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm so glad we worked this out despite our time difference. Uh, you guys had an election yep. today in California, right? Yes, yeah. we did. Yep. Yeah. I went and dropped off my mail-in ballot and was like, I hope my signature matches. <laughs> that's always a personal fear of mine. I, I, like, I don't know if that's a legitimate fear, but I'm always afraid that they're going to be like, this isn't the right person. And then it won't count as if my one vote would be that transformative. But yeah. Yeah. You, you never know. Everyone never should know. always vote. You never Everyone know. should always vote. <laughs> uh, we out here in local elections, getting it done. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't understand the recall personally, but. It's nuts. I mean, it, to be honest, it's the second successful like vote, recall vote in my lifetime, like as a voting adult, which is wild that in <laughs> the time that I've been a grown up, we've had at least two governors that we have at least gotten to the point of voting to recall. <laughs> um, but who knows what's going to happen after that. So it's kind of a crazy process where it doesn't make a ton of sense. We should probably revisit that as a state, but you know, we're too busy surfing and, you know, seeing celebrities and whatever. So smoking weed. It's all good. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, now that the political portion of the podcast is done, uh, we hope you all learned a lot. Uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're from, et cetera? Sure. So I, I grew up in California, but specifically Northern California in uh, the East Bay. Uh, so my, my family lives kind of like on the Oakland side of the Bay and further East and uh, went to college in Irvine, which is near Disneyland. So like I moved down to Southern California when I was about 18 and then never permanently moved back ever. So <laughs> basically from like 18 on, I've been down here. Um, I moved to LA when I was about 21, as I was finishing film school. Uh, I was in LA for my last couple of years for a year in between because I went to UC Irvine and then UCLA. So for a year in between, I commuted from one school to the other. And a lot of people who aren't from here don't understand what that means, but it's like, it should only be an hour, but it's three hours. So I would like work or go to school until about four in the afternoon. And then I would leave and arrive at around seven for my night classes at UCLA for the year in between and then transferred after that. So yeah, it was kind of brutal, but then 
my last year, my roommate and I moved up because we both got into programs at UCLA and I've been in LA ever since. So yeah, my, um, major was technically, so I started as just a film and media studies major, uh, with a genre concentration in horror camp cult and trash. And then at UCLA, I ended up specializing in television screenwriting. So yeah, it's the least useful degree. Like my sister has a theater degree and that's more useful than my specialization in television sitcom writing. So yeah, but that's how I ended up where I am today, I would say. Awesome. Well, I also have a theater degree and I will, I think it might be just as useless. Yeah, possibly. I mean, she, she has done well for herself in the corporate world with that theater degree. (laughs) So credit where credit is due. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was born in Fullerton, but I don't say I'm from California because I left when I was three and a half. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Is Fullerton near Irvine? I know it's yeah, very 20 close. minutes from LA. That's yeah. all I remember. Yeah. <clears throat> it's right. uh, just a little little inland. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, I mean, The Thing is one of my favorites of all time. I also, I have the unpopular opinion uh, of really liking Kubrick's Shining. I understand the problems with it. Like, I know it's not a perfect film. I just really like it. And I think it's because I really like dread. Like, that's the horror that gets me. Where, like, you could jump scare all, dre- all day and, like, half the time I'm going to laugh at it and I'm not going to be really scared of it. But if you, like, instill a level of dread that shakes me to my core now I'm scared and now I'm upset and that's when it's really a scary movie so like that movie I think was one of the first that I really experienced that level of unpleasantness and I think the thing does a really good job of it too uh, but it also has Kurt Russell and explosions so it's a little more rewatchable I would say (laughs) Oh, very cool. Uh, So that level of dread, did you also experience that when you watched Hereditary? Absolutely. And we, I was not on Horror Virgin when they did Hereditary, although it's like the most requested for like a bonus episode for me to go back and do it. (laughs) Um, I, yes, it was very much President Hereditary, but also I love to nerd out about like the minutiae in horror movies because horror movies are one of the most referential genres ever where people who make horror movies love to put like Easter eggs of like stuff for you to notice if you're really paying attention and Hereditary is no different and the amount of attention they play like they pay to essentially occult magic and left-hand path magic in that movie like if you're paying attention I lost my mind the first time I watched it. I was like turning to my friend the whole time. I'm like, everything's on the left. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, literally every evil person is skewed to the left and everything they do is with their left hand. Like they are so clearly laying this out and no one else is noticing. Yeah. So I I loved Hereditary. I thought it was fantastic. I thought Tony Collette did an amazing job. Uh, I really, really liked it. It was very scary the first time I saw it. When she comes running out of that corner. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 
uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, all I wanted to do for my birthday was eat mac and cheese and watch Hereditary. And I did with my then boyfriend. And I was like, oh, did you did you like it? And he was like, no, I feel terrible now. I was like, it <laughs> That's worked. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. But what is this left-handed? Okay. So um, if you are A, super into true crime or just weird shit, uh, you'll encounter some occult magic uh, or at least the study thereof. And while it's not something I like to be involved in or invoke, uh, <laughs> There is a way of thinking that says that there is a right and a left-hand path to magic and that left-hand path trends more towards chaos and ill intent and right-hand path trends more toward good intention, if that makes sense. And it's one of those things where like knowing that doesn't necessarily enhance the movie a ton, (laughs) But once you notice it, you can't stop noticing it. Um, And the invocation of demons tends to be very left-hand path. So when you see someone having a seance in the movie and they're specifically skewing toward the left on a number of things, for me, it was this like, oh, they're they're not right. The other thing that people don't really think about is the language of movement on screen where um, especially in the Western hemisphere, we tend to read left to right. That's our norm. When we see people traveling left to right, we view them as traveling forward. And that's our comfort traveling direction, if that makes sense. So when people travel the other direction and they're going left instead of going right, it makes us uncomfortable without noticing it. And if you watch the movie again, they do it a lot. And it's specifically designed to make you uncomfortable without you being aware of why you're uncomfortable. So yeah, one of the most famous instances of it is the opening of The Graduate where he's on escalators and he's going right to left in the beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, left to right to basically show that he has come full circle and grown from a place of discomfort and discord to a place that in theory would be a little better, but is still problematic at the end of that movie. But in Hereditary, they use it to great effect. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to rewatch Hereditary now and uh, try to take notice of that because I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's a credit to how good that movie is that people don't know those things and are still like, this is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. (laughs) And I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. The Shining also does it too, where like in the the scene with like the big wheels, he goes in a pattern that is not possible. Okay. So like if you follow him, so as you're watching it, even before you see the twins, you're like, wait a second. And your brain is kind of triggering a response without you even being conscious of it. So, hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I'm someone who has never found The Shining scary, but- I think it's more upsetting than truly like scary, scary. Um, But it's that stress the whole time that gets me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yep. So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? I was not allowed to watch horror movies growing up. Um, With the exception of like, like action movies that are also horror movies, if that makes sense. Like I'd seen Terminator and Predator and Alien and Aliens 
um, I think I saw aliens at like, I was probably like eight or something, <laughs> like something, some way too young age, um, because I really liked star Wars. And so my parents were like, well, like sci-fi, like that's close. Like, you know, uh, like total recall. I watched super young, um, but never anything that was like traditionally horror, like very, like right down the center horror. And when I got to college in my first few semesters of film school, uh, the professors teaching those first few semesters and they would rotate through. It just happened that the rotation I got were the professors that specifically taught both horror and um, action. So like one of them has gone on to be like one of the preeminent scholars in Kung Fu cinema, which I find really interesting. Um, but they very specifically were like, we're going to teach you the basics of the language of film, but almost every single thing we had to watch was horror. And I was like, I, what? No, uh, I did not get into this for this, <clears throat> but that's where I saw tale of two sisters for the first time. And the portions of the exorcist that I have seen was in that class. And they would go through everything of like scripting, um, the actual like sound design camera work. Like we watched evil dead Two because of the shaky cam and a bunch of things like that. So by the time I got through like my first film 101 classes, the bulk of what I had watched for film school was horror. And I had kind of really enjoyed almost everything that we had watched. And I was like, I didn't expect to like horror this much and started kind of hanging out with a TA that I was kind of close to and some of the professors teaching and some of my sorority sisters who were also film students who were also really into horror. And it just kind of became what I was most interested in because when you really start digging into horror, a lot of things that we see as techniques or styles in what I would call mainstream film get their start in horror. And so it's really interesting to look back at some of the ways that horror is groundbreaking, but underappreciated. So yeah. That's how I ended up there. That is so cool. Um, I wish I would have taken a film class that had been horror focused. I don't know if they offered them at my school. I only they, took yeah. like intro to film during my senior year, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Not every school does. And I mean, yeah. UC Irvine did, which was great. They did it by, by genre. And then when I got to UCLA is when I got to take a class with Phil Eisner, which was writing for mm -hmm. horror films. Yeah. And so that was like, specific to writing and then specific to writing horror and he is also very much a disciple of like dread dread for everything <laughs> <laughs> which is why event horizon is the way it is so yeah very cool uh do you write every, at all still i do not as much as i would like to just time wise um it was a lot easier in school when you have deadlines forcing you to do it yeah and <clears throat> the longer you get away from school, the more like life and everything definitely gets in the way. Um, I've been a lot better now about like writing out ideas and stuff that I have so that I just have them so that when I do have time, I can go tweak stuff and play around with outlines and start scripting out some of the dialogue and stuff. So I've got like three or four things that I'm working on right now. So yeah. Very cool. Um, I remember you hyping up Tale of Two Sisters to... It Mikey scared me so bad the first time. Yeah. It did it was not, not scare scared. you? Yeah. Did it not scare you as badly the second time? I don't not remember what all. you said on the episode. 
Not at all. It was like a one. I was so ready for it. And I think it's just because I remembered parts of it. But the first time I saw it, and I think in part two, I had never seen a movie like that originally. And so when I was watching it in class, I had, we had these like flip desks in the lecture hall and I had my laptop on it. And there's a scene where the ghost of her mother, or at least that's what we think it is within the story, literally kind of like skitter crawls across the floor and up onto the bed. And when she jumped up onto the bed, I screamed and like (laughs) pulled my head into my hoodie and kind of like kicked and didn't realize I was doing it. And also didn't realize that the girl next to me had also ducked into her hoodie. Like, so she couldn't see what was happening. And my laptop smacked her in the face and then fell back on my desk. So when she like came out of her hoodie, she couldn't see what hit her. And she was just like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. No idea. It wasn't me. I promise. I'm so sorry. Uh, So everyone was scared of it when we watched it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I watched that, I think last year for the first time. And Mm. because of the way that they framed some of the shots, I kind of guessed the twist early on. Yeah. Yeah. Watching it now, I absolutely saw the twist. But my favorite is like, if you're not paying attention, if you're not looking at the whole frame, Mm -hmm. you don't catch it. So like when Mikey Todd and I recorded that episode, (laughs) I was like, okay, here's what actually happened at this movie. And they were like, good, because we don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite subgenre in horror? Ooh, um, I do love slashers. I really do. Um, they're not scary though. Like, and that, that's the kind of thing. Like I love them. I have so much fun watching them. Every time we do a Friday the 13th or a Halloween (laughs) movie, I'm, or a nightmare movie, I'm in heaven. I think they're so funny. (laughs) Um, but from a scary perspective, not so much. Um, but as far as like, if I'm displaying my horror fandom, that's where it kind of comes out uh, <laughs> is like, you know, being a Friday the 13th slash nightmare fan. Um, as far as movies that really like scare me shitless exorcism movies, which we talked about on the show a little bit where they make me extremely uncomfortable. And so I tend to not watch them, but the few that we've done on the show recently were really good and so I'd been watching a little bit more they still scare me shitless but yeah yeah I don't love found footage but when it's done well it's pretty amazing yeah um I know you you said before that you've only seen parts of the exorcist yeah why do exorcism movies scare you so much oh I I was raised extremely religious uh not I, I say extremely not extremely pretty generic run-of-the-mill Christian household Um, but exorcisms, uh, were portrayed as like, you never wanted that to happen. Like that was a super extreme, (laughs) terrible thing that no one wants to happen. Um, but it was also, it it was kind of this weird thing where like our denomination didn't really do them. It's not really a part of the, the variety of Christianity that I grew up with, but we were also taught that they exist. So (laughs) like, it was, it's this horrifyingly terrible thing that it's like we don't do that because it's bad and it kills kids but people do because demons and you're just like oh no and so (laughs) it makes me 
a very sad because I do think that in many cases, mental health support would be a better option for a lot of the people in this scenario. Um, but also there's that part of me that's like, but what if it's not, what if this is the one time it's real? And that's terrifying. <laughs> so yeah. So that's why I, that it's kind of like Todd says where he's just like, it's not real until it is. And then fuck that. And for me, I think I'm a little closer to, it might be real, but we should definitely start with mental health interventions. <laughs> so yeah, that's why they scare me so much for sure. Yeah. When I, when I had Mikey on the show, I was like, what do you ever think that you're going to go into a mental health situation and it's going to be an exorcist? And he's like, I'm always sort of preparing for that. But. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Cause like, here's the thing. It hasn't happened yet, but like, and what about the time it does? Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything is possible. We never thought there would be an attack on the Capitol building, but it happened. I mean, so. Hey, 15 years ago when I was like moving to LA iPhones didn't exist. So like tons of things can happen yeah. that we don't anticipate. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime. Who would you say are, are your favorite horror directors? Ooh, I love Carpenter. Carpenter's always a good one. I've been super impressed with Ari Aster's first two. I'm anxious to see the next one. Um, I have heard that he's going to kind of get away from horror but we'll see. I, I feel like that kind of style I really, really like. And I feel like that's kind of what A24 is doing because they do a lot of Jordan Peele stuff. Yeah. They did Green Knight, which if you haven't seen, it's not horror, but it is freaky deaky weirdness that if you <laughs> like horror, it's adjacent enough that it's cool. Um, so I really kind of like that renaissance of, I guess, more modern horror. But when I look back at it, Carpenter is probably one of my favorites. Like the original Halloween is so good and so scary. Like even today, it is scary. And the thing is amazing. So he, for me, if I look at his list of like filmography, there's so much stuff that I like. And almost anytime he does horror, I am here for it. Um, also Sam Raimi, of course, because I'm an evil dead nerd, but yeah, I would say Carpenter's probably my favorite as far as horror goes. Very cool. I also like Ari Aster a lot. Um, I have. Nice. Oh, says, that's great. It says yeah. him on the Yeah. That's perfect. So. Oh. Um, so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? Ooh, um, I think it's a completely normal reaction to distract yourself from the horrors of everyday life with manufactured horrors which if you haven't seen new candy man yet the new candy man explores that to a, an amazing degree like i loved talking to my friends about that movie after we watched it but it kind of tackles that as an idea of like why do monsters exist monsters exist because that's how we cope with the reality that is scarier than the monsters and so I feel like horror is natural and I think that's why it's been around forever I mean there have always been horror stories and monster stories I think there always will be and I think it's just kind of part of how we as humans contextualize the things that scare us in real life that we have no control over in stories we have control yeah that's a great answer yeah 
Um, an article came out last year, last summer, I think, that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? Ooh, uh, I uh, <laughs> I handled lockdown pretty well. <laughs> Me too. I had, I had a good time. <laughs> and I feel bad because, and the, don't get me wrong, there were days when I was just like, I just want to talk to my friends. Like, I just want to like see people and sit in a diner at two in the morning and I can't and that's bumming me out. But at the same time, in a weird way, there was a comfort with like, well, at least there's not zombies. Where <laughs> it was like, it's almost like yeah. my brain had prepared for the apocalypse and was like, hey, if this is our apocalypse, we're doing good. <laughs> like, yeah. we're gonna be okay. It could be so much worse. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> um, and my husband is is a horror fan too. And I think we also there was so much horror between Shudder and Amazon Prime and Netflix. There was so much stuff out that we were able to just watch yeah. during pandemic. We started like sitting and watching movies together again, which is not something we used to do back when I had to commute and we would be home at different times and everything. So in some ways, we just got to sit around and watch horror movies and eat artisan bread that I spent all day baking because what else are you going to do? Um so, but yeah, I, I think we handled it better because we were prepared for worse. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely true when it's like, all you have to do is stay home. Yeah. We're like, all right, that's it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going back a little bit, since uh, Tale of Two Sisters is no longer the scariest movie you've ever watched, what I would you know. say is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Ooh, I, I mean... I'm open to that spot being taken by something new. Like I, I hereditary is definitely up there for sure, but damn taking of Deborah Logan scared me shitless. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, and I was watching that at home where I could like pause it and then go walk around, <laughs> like pace around my house for a little bit and then come back to it. That's one of the only times I've like texted Mikey and been like, I don't know if I could finish this movie. <laughs> like this is a lot. And in theaters, holy, I don't know that I could have done that movie in theaters. So that for me is, I think, probably my current top spot. But all that said, really well done. <laughs> like it's done yeah. so well. Um, but oof, ooh, it was scary. Um, yeah. But that said, I would be anxious to see like A, what could top that? And B, like. I'd, I'd watch something else like it. Like after we watched last exorcism, which also scared me <laughs> thoroughly. Um, I wanted to see the sequel. I was like, this was so good. Like, yes, I was scared, but this was so good where I think Todd hates being scared so much. He doesn't <laughs> necessarily want to like explore what's beyond it where I'm like, okay, they did a great job. I can't sleep let's do it again. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I'd say right now, currently Deborah Logan's probably, you know, at least recently that I can think of. And I, I would say it probably ties with hereditary. Although I don't know how scary hereditary would be on a rewatch. Um, Deborah Logan, I think would still be scary on a rewatch. Um, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's probably my scariest recently. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the taking of Deborah Logan was definitely 
really intense and really hard to watch. I think I watched it twice in a month because I watched it once. I watched it once on my own and then you were covering it for the show. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, I'm not sure I totally remember it. So I just, I watched it again. I was like, oh, that wasn't fun. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Yeah, I, cause I've thought about it too, because like, it is a good movie. And I was trying to get my husband to watch it. I was like, I'll watch it with you. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, or not, or I won't. (laughs) Um, No, maybe not. (laughs) We'll watch my best friend's wedding instead. Something maybe. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I know you're also a stand-up comedian, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense because you're hilarious. Do you have any horror stories from when you've been on stage during a set, a terrible oh, audience yeah. member or something? Absolutely. I mean, like my my third time on stage as a stand-up ever. So like I'd done like two open mics before that. And then this is my third one. And it was kind of a rowdy mic. And this was also eight years ago like so when I tell this story now people are like that's horrifying and I'm like also it's been eight years and we've come a long way (laughs) but eight years ago it was still pretty shitty for female comics especially in just random open mics and so there was a guy who was also on on the mic dressed as Batman just like drunkenly rampaging through the back of the room while the show was going on and They called me up to go on stage and literally before I can even get a joke out, he heckled me and was like built for comfort, which is like a terrible thing to say to anyone ever. Uh, Not the least of which when they're on stage in a vulnerable position. And I was like, hey, do you kiss your dead parents with that mouth, Batman? But no one else could see that he was dressed as Batman. So they just thought I was a dick and didn't know why I was calling somebody Batman and bombed horrifically that was pretty bad um just because I felt like I was like I nailed it I nailed <laughs> this Batman rift and they were like no that or one time I got booked for a Catholic school auction to like perform mm. while they were raising money for charity and I can't tell you how little people want to laugh when they're already giving more money than they want, when they're already (laughs) like these people taking our damn money. And so I had like two tables out of like 12 that were on board and we're like, you're hilarious. We're having a blast. And then the other 10 tables just stared into their salad and it was just complete silence. (laughs) And that, that was terrible. That is one of the worst. Uh, Uh, I did have a couple one time a couple tried to have sex in the front row oh good for them for trying new (laughs) things yeah I was like it's dark but it's not that dark what are you doing (laughs) like come on now I think they probably thought that you couldn't see because of the stage lights but what about Um, everyone behind them so they were in it, it was a very kind of smaller room and they were in like a booth oh okay and so I think they thought that anyone behind them couldn't really see which is true. It's also dark. Um, there's a weird phenomenon where people don't think you can see or hear them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm two feet from you. <laughs> like I could see and hear everything. Um, which is a lot of times when people like, they'll talk about you while you're standing there <laughs> and you're like, it's not a TV. 
Like, like yeah. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> and usually it's just like, oh, that was funny. Like, she's pretty cool. What do you think? And it's like, why are we doing this now? <laughs> like, wait till I get off stage. Um, so yeah, I think it was a combination of that and lots of alcohol. Uh, okay. Comedy clubs, notoriously poor, heavy handed. Uh, but also sometimes people are like, let's get drunk before we even get there. And then people get overserved unintentionally. And I think that was, it was that them thinking no one could see them. And then them thinking that I couldn't see them, even though their table was only like a foot like long and literally was like touching my kneecap. <laughs> so like, yeah, like yeah. imagine, imagine somebody a foot away from you with like their hand and fingers up in somebody. And yeah, yeah, that was a rough oh. one. Yeah. Uh, did you call them out on it? Absolutely. <laughs> what did like, you say? I, I literally was like, are you trying to have sex in the front row? And they were like, we didn't think you could see. And I was like, this room seats 42 people. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone can see and hear. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and then they quietly left. So, you know, That's yeah, good. probably for uh, the best. That's amazing. That's, yeah. I would, ah. Uh, God, doing stand-up comedy seems so intimidating, but I would love to always be calling people out that were dicks in the audience. It's, it's one part. of those things where like, it's not great when it happens because you want to just tell your jokes yeah. and have a good time. <laughs> um, but every once in a while, when you really, really nail somebody, it's pretty fun where one time at a bar, I was doing a show at a bar and a guy was like yelling during the show. And I was like, Hey, could you be quiet? <laughs> like we're trying to have a show. And he's just like, no, TGIF. Woo. And I was like, dude, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and just the, like, and he was like, where in my mind, it's Friday. And I was like, you don't control time. Like, I don't know <laughs> what made you think that you do. And that kind of redirected everybody. So then we were able to have a good show. Cause everyone thought that guy was a moron, but yeah, it's, it's fun, but always nerve wracking. Cause for as many times as you like instantly say the right thing to shut somebody down, there's just as many times when you're like, damn it. I thought of this two minutes too late. <laughs> like, oh. and I could have said it and I didn't. Yeah. Do you have any plans to be, um, telling stand up or doing stand up uh, in person again, anytime soon? So I've been in person for the last technically since, uh, the end of June, um, with a break in between while I had COVID. So like, uh, I, I did three or four roast battles in June and the beginning of July, then Jake and I caught COVID. So we were home and couldn't talk to anybody, couldn't go anywhere for a couple of weeks. And then, uh, I just went back and did San Diego and then Ventura. And then I've got Simi Valley and, um, Orange County like over the next couple of weeks. So it's, I feel comfortable doing it because I've got both vaccinations and antibodies at this point, but I'm still masked around people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it does seem to be coming back. A lot of shows are vaccine mandated, which is nice too. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know that I'll be able to travel anytime soon though. And that's yeah. kind of a bummer. So like, it's whatever I can kind of easily drive to. I'm trying to look at some stuff in Arizona and Vegas because that's drivable. Um, but it used to be that we could just like get on a plane and go wherever. <laughs> and now not so much. So 
I don't remember those days. What were those days like? <laughs> um, <laughs> exhausting. Uh, <laughs> There, there was a time where I had flown enough to qualify for clear and I was like just about to apply for it and the pandemic hit. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, no, mm. um, but yeah. Oh, well, I hope, I hope we can all travel again soon and you can come do comedy in New York city. I would love to, I've got, I, I was intending to go <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, well, uh, but I have a lot of friends, uh, in, in New York. So it'd be nice to go see everybody and then do some comedy as well. Yeah. Are you feeling better from recovering from COVID? Yeah, I feel, I mean, this sounds terrible. I don't want to be callous about it. It's very serious. Don't go out and get it just because I had a mild experience, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I recovered in about three or four days. So mine was extremely mild. I got very lucky. I never lost my sense of taste or smell. Um, my husband had it a little bit worse where he lost his sense of taste and smell for like a week. Um, and he had kind of a more lingering cough. My parents caught it at the same time, mm-hmm. um, but both of them recovered as well, which is kind of nice considering, I mean, they were also vaccinated, but for a breakthrough case for two people in their sixties that they were able to recover that fast was good too. So, you know, that just means a, the vaccine is working. It's doing what it's supposed to, but don't deliberately go out and get COVID. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Don't go to any COVID raves people. Yeah, it still wasn't fun for those three or four days. Um, But yeah, it was nothing compared to when I caught swine flu in 2009. That was still way worse. All right. So yeah. (laughs) Yep. So you're one third of the horror virgin and you joined Todd and Mikey a little over a year ago. Uh, What has been your favorite episode so far? And what was it like to join um, an already existing podcast? Um, It was challenging. I was worried that no one would like me. Um, uh, <laughs> thankfully that was not the case. The community was very welcoming and very sweet, very nice. Um, favorite episode, honestly, night of the creeps was such a fun episode. <laughs> I loved doing that. I also loved madman, uh, madman Mars that we did recently, which is a bonkers, bonkers <laughs> episode. It makes the movie makes no sense. I really like the ones that make no sense. Um, I know they don't scare Todd as much, uh, but on the ones that like scared Todd Blair, Witch was really fun too, because I hadn't watched Blair, Witch in like a decade easily. And so to watch it again, I was like, okay, this still kind of holds up. And Todd was still very scared. Of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, all of those have been pretty fun conjuring too. the, the yeah. first episode out of the gate is a blast. Even going back to listen to it now is super fun. So yeah, there's been a lot of good ones. Yeah. The Conjuring 2 episode was bonkers. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the origin of Confederate Ouija board, which like has endured for this whole time. People sent us a fake Ouija board that (laughs) thankfully lives at Todd's house because I won't let Ouija boards in my house, but sure. No, 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 no. (laughs) That thing should be locked up in a case like Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know where Todd put it, uh, but I know that it currently lives at his house. (laughs) Speaking of bonkers movies, have you watched Malignant yet? Not yet, but all of the bad reviews make me want to. <laughs> like everyone's like, it's so terrible. And I'm like, oh yes. But then I've heard some reviews from people that make me think I might like it. Uh, because it is like giallo based. And I'm like, okay, but giallo can be pretty fun. So like, yeah, if you're open to it. So I'm curious because I don't know if I'm gonna be like, this is so bad, it's hilarious or it's just bad, 
or if I'm just like, I like it. And now I'm going to have to defend that. I like it. <laughs> so, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, we're going to see Candyman again so I can mm-hmm. take notes and then we'll probably watch it again this coming weekend. So nice. Nice. It is, it is yeah. bonkers, but you'll have to let me know what you think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And, and I, we were considering doing an episode on it, but, <laughs> but given the response, I don't know if we will, at least not right away. I think um, you should. I think you would have a lot of fun <laughs> with it. Cause I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you ever listened to the house two episode that oh, they yes. did, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, it, I feel like it would be a very similar episode. Wow. So. Okay. That, I mean, that's saying something we were trying to make October scare the shit out of Todd month. And so we had it on that list. Cause we're like, it's new. And like, new movies tend to scare him more especially yeah. if he goes to see them in the theater because the theater experience really enhances that scare um but now that everyone's talked about it i'm like it's oh i don't think scare it's, gonna, him. it's not gonna no. scare him at all <laughs> yeah so uh, i think we'll probably replace it with something else so yeah <laughs> yeah um who's your favorite final girl oh i mean sarah connor which i know not everyone believes she's a final girl but she has my heart uh Lori Strode right behind her so also Nancy's good too but yeah and Ripley <laughs> I don't know if you want to think of Ripley as a final girl I do yeah uh, why wouldn't yeah. she be a final girl right she's the best final girl uh yeah. no so I would say it's probably for me a tie between Sarah Connor and Ripley in part because they don't just escape they kick ass like they fight to the teeth to kill people and i love it so yeah those are probably my favorites yeah uh sarah connor that's terminator that's terminator Terminator. yeah Mm all right yeah i think ripley is one of mine because she has a cat yeah jonesy (laughs) jonesy jonesy (laughs) that's my cat mccready uh is right over taking a nap uh, but looks very much like Jonesy. Oh, that's so yeah. cute. My cats are walking around creating trouble, <laughs> not named after any horror movies. Um, how do you decide what horror movie to watch when you're just relaxing and looking for something to watch? Ooh, uh, it's really tough uh, because <laughs> there's so, I have like a list of so many that I want to watch. We try, I usually watch them with my husband. Oh, hello. This is Playbill. Awesome. Hi, not playbill. Oh, she's not happy with me. <laughs> um, it, it's usually we try to do ones that we haven't seen, mm-hmm. which between the two of us is not a ton. So <laughs> what we will sometimes settle on is like something I haven't seen in a long time, or maybe one of us hasn't seen it. And mm-hmm. so the other one will pick it. Um, as far as stuff in the theaters, we'll see most stuff in the theaters. So that's an easy one. But as far as watching stuff at home, we do watch a lot of independent stuff. So like, uh, I think one of the most recent ones we watched was Blood Quantum, which actually mm. was really good. We liked it a lot. Mm. Um, but it's essentially like a zombie movie that takes place on a First Nations reservation and oh, wow. stars largely indigenous actors. But for the low budget it had and the online release it had, it's phenomenal. It was so good. So yeah we kind of try to seek out the ones that maybe aren't as common. That's cool. That's cool. Do you have, have you found anything recently uh, besides blood quantum, maybe on shutter that people aren't talking about that they should be talking about? 
we did also watch vampire and not vampire in brooklyn uh i think it's vampires in the bronx is bronx. what it's called that was on netflix and that was kind of fun it was almost a little more lost boys ish mm-hmm. um but it was kind of a mix of like lost boys and attack the block that was yes. pretty fun yeah uh so that <laughs> one was pretty great we wanted to watch his house and we held off because we weren't sure if it was going to win listener request mm. this month um and now that it hasn't we'll go watch it but that's one that we've been like eyeing and keep meaning to watch and haven't had the chance to so yeah that one's intense yeah yeah um do you remember the first horror movie that you watched with your husband um the first one we watched together was probably gosh i don't because we've been we've been together for a long time now, <laughs> so it's been a while uh i know that part we kind of bonded over a, lo- a shared love of the thing and oh. just carpenter movies in general um oh no i do remember it was like halloween the 2018 halloween oh okay we, it was one of the first ones that like we watched at home and had like waited for it to go streaming and just sat in our living room and watched it and even just in my living room, that was a scary, stressful movie. So I'm actually really <laughs> excited for the new one. Yeah. Um, I am very excited to see it, hopefully in theaters if we can. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? Um, I mean, I, I have no desire to see a Serbian film at all. I, some of the ones that are like, this film will break you. And I'm like, I don't have a desire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same with like Human Centipede. I'm not um cannibal holocaust has come up a couple times where it's like not super excited to watch anything with some real intense sexual assault scenes and like actual hurting of animals uh so those i'm not too anxious to see and probably won't um there are very few movies that i wouldn't watch again if that makes sense i mean there are some that i won't watch again because i'm like i didn't like this (laughs) where like i just didn't think it was that scary or didn't think it was that good. Um, and then there's some that I'm like, okay, this scared me a lot, but there are none of them that I would be like, no, I'll never watch this again. <laughs> um, so yeah, but there are things that I probably would avoid watching a first time. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I yeah. think your list is a pretty good one there. Yeah. All those are on mine. So yeah. Have you ever watched the original French, um, version of martyrs? No, that is on my list though. Yeah. Uh, and that's one that when we were doing Wolf Creek, it came up a couple times, but I'm infinitely more curious about martyrs, even though I know it may have kind of a similar torture porny vein to it. I, I was not on horror version when they did hostile. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate hostile. <laughs> um, I can, I can usually handle some gore. And if the story is compelling gore all day, I can do it all day. <laughs> Um, so martyrs is one that has been on my list to watch, at least personally, I don't know if, and when we would do it for the podcast, just because I think it might be a real downer of an episode. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and for some of the ones that are a little more controversial, I like to watch them ahead of time. So I kind of know what we're getting into before we, uh, descended upon Todd (laughs) be like, (laughs) Yeah. So we could kind of give them at least a heads up of like, Hey, this one is going to be rough. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. If you love gore, uh, are you a fan of the 
Saw franchise? So I'm not, I mean, not that I don't like them. They're fine. I, I don't really love or hate them, if that makes sense. When I saw the first one, I felt like it was a kind of toned down version of the movie seven. And I love the movie seven. Okay. And so there was a part of me that's like, I wish I was just watching seven right now, even though saw one is a perfectly serviceable, good horror movie. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, and even the first like two, three, and four, they're pretty good. Um, they're not ones that I return to rewatch all the time. I don't have like a favorite among them. Um, we've only, I think we've only made Todd watch one, right? Yeah. Yeah. We should get back to that. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, they don't resonate with me a ton, but I understand why people like them where, you know, it's not blowing my skirt up super, but I get it. I get why other people really like it. And the gore doesn't bother me with them. Um, it's, you know, kind of they're like the one where she has to dive into that pool of needles, I think is the worst one for me. That's what I always hear referenced. I've only seen the first one and spiral, but yeah. Yeah, the one where she had to, it's like a swimming pool full of like used syringes. Yeah. And that one just kind of makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Um, that and the the jaw clamp one is pretty brutal. But I mean, for me, it's more just, I didn't find the story all that compelling. Oh, or at okay. least I didn't find it that original, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But okay. I mean, what is? You know, Jason and Michael are basically the same person. I can't really throw <laughs> stones at that glass house. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that you say that, because that's one of the things that I've heard from Saw fans is that the story of Jigsaw is the story between all the movies is interesting. So, yeah. You know, well, and I think I think, well, I, I, I wouldn't say it's not true. I would just say that it's very similar to the killer in seven. OK, um, but seven is one movie that I think really accomplishes a lot of the same in a more interesting movie but mm-hmm. it's only one movie and so if you really like that then I could see how expanding it over multiple movies would be pretty interesting I would say that's in that respect it has a little bit more going for it than Hostel does because it does have a through line and you're kind of trying to figure out who Jigsaw is and like what his motivations are and so in that respect yeah it's pretty cool um it's just not I don't know it doesn't grab me I guess where I'm just kind of like yeah he's crazy whatever (laughs) um I haven't seen seven yet that's been on my list for years I it is it's a rough one people struggle to get through it I understand um it's I mean there's been debate as to whether or not it's a horror movie. I'd call it a horror movie. Uh, it's scary and horrific, <laughs> um, but it's more of like a crime noir and kind of a crime drama. And as a true crime nerd, that I think is why it like seven really resonates with me over saw is mm. just the crime and detective aspect of it. So, oh, well, have you seen spiral yet? Not yet. And I heard that I might like Spiral more because yeah. that's how it's framed. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed Spiral, even though it was a little bit obvious who the killer was. Mm-hmm. But because it because it was more like an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah. So. Love. 
I used to fall asleep watching Law and Order SVU when I lived alone in Hollywood <laughs> before I met my husband when I had my own apartment. Uh, I would fall asleep watching to Law and Order SVU pretty much every night. So yeah. yeah, every now and then I will leave my apartment door and my building door and I will see the signs on the pole saying that SVU is going to be filming here soon. Filming? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Doesn't it always make you wonder like, okay, what are they filming here though? Like, yeah. like does the rapist live here or is this the victim's house? <laughs> is this just where the guy is stacking the crates or is this where they're interviewing people at a bar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Ooh, I mean, I saw Midsummer in theaters. Um, I, I, as much as I love Midsummer, I don't think it's that scary. I do think it's still a horror movie, but, um, oh man, I did get to see The Shining in the Cinerama Dome before it closed, which, um, if you're not familiar, the Cinerama Dome was one of the few theaters remaining that had a convex screen or a concave screen. So the seats kind of sit into the screen a little bit. It kind of wraps around the oh. theater. And I also saw like Captain America there with in like 3D, which is way too much. <laughs> you end up with like a massive headache if you try to do that. But uh, we got to watch The Shining and The Thing there as a double feature one time. And that oh, was that's pretty fun. cool. Yeah, that and I got to see... I got to see from dusk till dawn at Quentin Tarantino's movie theater, the new Bev one time. So that was pretty fun too. Yeah. That's cool. I have to ask, why do you not hate hostile? Um, I understand that the characters are terrible <laughs> and that I would never choose to do what they did. <laughs> and I kind of wish that it was a fake country and not actually, I think it's Slovenia that they say uh, Slovakia, is. Slovakia. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I find the, the premise of traveling abroad and being too trusting and then ending up in that scenario, a really effective premise for a horror movie. I do think the second Hostel, Hostel 2, does it a little bit better. Mm. Um, of the two, I would say I prefer that one. Um, but that is, as someone who doesn't trust strangers a lot, it plays very closely into my personal fears of like, yeah, that's why you don't talk to people. <laughs> and so I think to a degree, even though you're seeing characters get tortured and that's kind of brutal, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't talk to people when you're on vacation. You shouldn't just follow people to a disco. Yeah. Uh, and so I get kind of a slashery feeling from it where it's like, yeah, you shouldn't have disagreed and gone out and had sex in the woods. Of course, you're going to get a machete to the face, like, which is a completely irrational thing to think. <laughs> um, but the flip side to it is in Hostile 2, the victims come back and get revenge. So for me, that makes it a much more satisfying movie, I think. Um, but I think for me, the reason I like it is just because the premise of the movies plays into things that I am already afraid of <laughs> in day-to-day -day life. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, Joe and Trace of the Horror Queers, they did an episode on Hostel 2 and they they think it's a feminist horror movie. Yeah. There's also a queer reading of it. So I thought that was really interesting to mm -hmm. listen to. Um, I've actually, 
I've never watched Hostel. I'm still trying to psych myself up for it because I hate torture porn. Mm-hmm. And I stay in hostels when I travel and I usually Ugh. travel by myself. Yeah. So like, I don't stay in gross, like oh, $14 a night hostels. I stay <laughs> in like private rooms with like heated towel racks. But <laughs> right. there is a wide chasm between what quality of hostels uh, there are. Um, I would agree. I, I would say the second one is a feminist horror film. The first one, if you don't, I think you, the first one kind of sets the stage of like, here's the arena we're playing in. And then the second one is like, here's a different story in that same vein. Um, the first one, there is some brutal gore in the first one, especially like the slicing of the Achilles tendon that happened. Heard about in that, one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the one that like, even I, as a person who is really not that affected by gore, uh, was just like, oh God, like, oh, that would hurt so bad. It's <laughs> just like, oh no. Um, and the second one has, has a couple pretty rough ones too. Um, but I would say it's almost worse. It's worth getting through the first one to then watch the second one, if that makes sense. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just have to force myself one day. I think I'm probably imagining Yes. A lot worse than it actually is. Because when I, I rewatched so. Saw for the first time, right before Spiral came out, I was like, this isn't as bad as I remember. I've seen a lot, yeah, a I lot was... equal since then. Saw is definitely tamer, for sure. Yeah. And Hostel definitely has more horror, I mean, more gore throughout. Um, I will say the second one, I don't think is as gory as the first one, if I remember correctly, but it has also been a long time. So <laughs> don't trust me on that. <laughs> you don't have yearly rewatches of Hostel and Hostel too? No, no. Although to be honest, it's been so long. I kind of do. I should rewatch at least Hostel too. Um, you could do yeah. an episode on it since they've already done Hostel I one. Know. I know I've brought it up and I think the question is just where do we put it? Cause we've kind of started theming our months, which makes it a little easier to choose movies. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, where does it fit? Yeah. Um, I was kind of secretly hoping, hoping that people would pick it for, we did like a badass ladies of horror month. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised it didn't even get talked about for listener mm-hmm. request. And I was like, maybe people haven't seen it, or maybe people don't realize that it's basically like a group of girls who get kidnapped and then murder the people that kidnapped them. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. What do you think of Eli Roth's other movies? Ooh, hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think when it comes to Eli Roth, he's a much better producer than he is a director. And I mean that as the most sincere compliment, because I feel like he has a great knack for seeing projects and putting his name behind them to get them made I think Last Exorcism is a textbook case of that where that is a really really good movie it's written well it's shot well even though it's found footage it is the it that should be the bar for found footage is how good that movie is and it almost doesn't get made without Eli Roth kind of lending his gravitas to it I think his history of horror series is phenomenal. Like I recommend it to people all the time and they're like, Eli Roth. And I'm like, you need to trust me on this one. (laughs) Um, And I think that's where he really excels because he loves horror so much. Like he really does have a passion for it. And so when he's finding good projects and enabling them and then doing these kind of dives into history of horror, that's where I think he's best utilized. 
directing writing maybe not so much <laughs> cabin fever th- that should have won yeah, the pulitzer i love cabin fever <laughs> I, I know it's bad i know it's bad i know it's hol- it's it is to the point where it's hilariously misogynist where it's like so yeah. bad it's funny where we ran into that on romancing the pod this week with she's the man which i had also not watched in like a decade and to hear the coach be like, girls can't play like boys can. And you're like, wow, they really went over the top with the misogyny here. And Cabin Fever absolutely does too. Um, I, I watch Cabin Fever and laugh the entire time. Um, not everyone does, but for that, I enjoy it. And it is very, I mean, it is an interesting look at the teens go to a cabin genre. Like, it's clear how much he loves evil dead. It's clear how much he loves slashers and everything in that movie. The execution is just not great. It's okay though. It's just not great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2021 that has come out this year? Ooh, I mean, that has come out this year is definitely Candyman. Um, Conjuring 3 I was kind of disappointed by yeah a little bit uh Quiet Place 2 also fantastic I would say it's probably a tie between Quiet Place 2 and Candyman um but I feel like Quiet Place 2 really benefits from being seen in a theater with a full theater sound system um so you can hear all the lack of sound (laughs) uh which is like a real weird thing to be like you have to hear it with the theater sound system so you can hear how quiet it is (laughs) you have to see it in dolby so the quietness can surround you yeah exactly exactly (laughs) complete encompassing of quietness um i would say that but i really enjoyed Candyman. i'm gonna be very bummed if mikey and todd don't also enjoy it um because when we do our episode on it at the end of the month i really enjoyed it i'm excited to see it again so yeah yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I hope they like it too. I'm glad you're doing an episode on it. Yeah. We, we would have done it. We were going to try and do a meetup around it. And then just as COVID cases grew, we were like, mm. we probably shouldn't also Paige has it. So like she yeah. shouldn't go meet people. <laughs> um, so that's why we put it at the end of the month. So people had time to like, see it safely. Uh, so I'm hoping it seems like a lot of people in the group have already seen it. So by the time we get to it, we'll have a lot more kind of time to talk about it and discuss it and think about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I actually think it's really worth seeing in a movie theater because the cinematography is so it's gorgeous. Beautiful. And yeah. It is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're almost 2021 is almost over, but what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of the year? Ooh, I, I mean, I guess people are debating whether or not it's a horror. I think it probably is, but, uh, uh, last night in Soho yeah. in October. I cannot wait. I'm, <laughs> I am an Edgar Wright stand to the end. Uh, the reviews coming out of Venice Film Fest are super positive and also out of Tribeca have been super positive. So, and I love the sixties. So I'm really, really hoping that it is just a crazy horror fever dream. I'm along for the ride, but that's what I'm probably looking forward to most this year. Yeah. Awesome. It does look like it's going to be a crazy fever dream. Yes. So, yeah. 
<laughs> Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like, or do you hold any unpopular horror movie opinions? I mean, definitely Cabin Fever. It seems like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the, one of the ones where I'm like, I love it, and they're like, you're nuts. Um, I I mean, it has been expressed to me many times that is it that it is an unpopular opinion to consider Terminator a horror movie. Um, <laughs> I've been told that a lot. Uh, so definitely that I would say, I also really liked Blackula and <laughs> no one else agreed with me on that, but that was fine. Um, I, I think one of the big ones was that I didn't like wreck, which now like, I kind of want to watch a, the American version. Cause I'm curious. Um, but there was so much backlash when we didn't like it because we could only find the dubbed version we couldn't find like a subtitled version which i will watch things in subtitles all day long so the fact that people were so upset about it made me like what did we miss like <laughs> like is it that bad of a dub like what is happening um so i think that's one that i probably want to rewatch because me not liking it was such an unpopular opinion <laughs> um it made me really kind of curious about what we were missing so as soon as I can find a subtitled one I'm gonna watch it so yeah that is one that's talked about by a lot of people that come on this podcast and I've never seen it yet um I have a friend who downloads a lot of who torrents a lot of movies that mm -hmm. can't be found elsewhere like to rent mm -hmm. so I'll have to see if he can find if he can find the undubbed yeah we subtitled we found it a couple places in other regions where we just like, it's out there. We just couldn't access it in the States. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the premise of the movie I am here for it like, and it's a scary premise too. Um, and they do a lot with not a lot of money. Clearly um, there are just some story choices they make and some pacing choices they make that really kind of impacted my enjoyment of the movie I, I think the end was a little weird um but I I think some of the pacing and the performance things that we took issue with were the places where people were like yeah the dub is terrible <laughs> like <laughs> you're missing so much so yeah, I, I'm kind of always on the lookout for that. And then a couple other movies we're looking for for Romancing the Pod to come on streaming. So, yeah. Nice. Very cool. <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Ooh, remake one. Um, I, hmm, hmm. I feel like I would want to not necessarily remake as much as make a movie a lot like it with slight differences so that it's its own movie but kind of in the same vein is the ritual because that movie definitely scared me but I felt like from a story perspective it really plays on a lot of common fears um, discomfort and dread in a really great way and I feel like you could set a movie like that in a number of different places and get a, a similarly scary, uncomfortable film. And I would love to kind of see that almost like that blueprint explored in different venues, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. What other types of venues would you put it in? 
I want to see it in America, which essentially is what Blair Witch is. Yeah. So like, I almost want to remake Blair Witch without the found footage, borrowing from what we know of the ritual, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Um, I tried to get into the ritual. I've watched it twice. There are parts that are scary. There -hmm. are parts where I would have been like, I'm out of here. I'm just going to walk until I find something, a road. Um, But I don't know. I I always thought as soon as they say, let's go off trail, we'll save a day. I'm like, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead immediately. Well, and (laughs) I think that's kind of where I would marry it with Blair Witch because in Blair Witch, they don't go off trail necessarily. They're trying to find their way home. And it is clear that they cannot like that. They are prevented from doing so, which eventually is what happens in the ritual. But I feel like it takes part of that human element out of it. It takes them making mistakes out of it and really brings it into like, they have entered into a point of no return and there's nothing that they can do. Um, but then I also do kind of like the triumphant escape at the end of the ritual that he finally gets away, but also who's he going to tell? <laughs> like, <laughs> how is he going to explain how all his friends disappeared? Um, but yes. So I think really examining, I love cryptids. So I think that style and structure of a movie really lends itself to a good creature feature cryptid story. And I would kind of love to see it utilized that way. Nice. Are you looking forward to antlers? I am. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the trailer was a little unsettling and I was like, okay, yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. Horror yeah. movie with Felicity. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, probably Freddie. Cause at least he's got fun quips. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, because Jason doesn't really talk. Neither does Michael. Chucky, if you get annoyed of him, you could just put him in a closet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. This was awesome. Uh, I learned so much because you're, you have so much knowledge about film that I would, would never know otherwise. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and all of the podcasts that you're on online? Yeah, uh, you can find me on social media at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Uh, you can find Cult Podcast, Horror Virgin, and Romancing the Pod on all socials. Um, Cult Podcast is at Cult Pod Show or at Cult Podcast Show on most. Uh, Horror Virgin is at Horror Virgin. And Romancing the Pod is at Romancing Pod Show because people have character limits so (laughs) it's a long name um but yeah that's where you can find all of our stuff awesome well definitely check out all of her shows if you're not already which i'm sure you already are but yeah well thank you thank you again so much for being here yeah thanks for having me that's it for this week's episode of who's there i hope you enjoyed my conversation with Paige wesley and thanks again to Paige for coming on i'll leave links to her twitter as well as where you can listen to cult podcast horror virgin and romancing the pod online you can follow us on Twitter at Who's Their Pod or on Instagram at Who's Their Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at hello at Who's Their Podcast.com. Until next time, stay scary and get vaccinated. <laughs>